so doing a podcast like this and, you know, kind of our tagline is unfiltered stories. The thing is doing it in an unconventional way like this. You know how many people are going to be able to relate to you? I mean, the, the, you know, the struggle, like, I don't know, I think I told you. You yeah, probably I know saw the that. struggle is part I, of the story. I have yet to get a tattoo and I feel like I should. I feel I will. You should. Weeks. Yeah, I, once I start though, I feel like I won't stop. But I, I have a few in mind that I've always wanted to do and I just feel like I'm going to get one because I just feel like there's been such a shift uh, for me personally, but even for a lot of people. Uh, the last well, Let's talk about you personally sure. because sure. what was your shift recently? Just the last year or two, I don't know, I don't know if it was one particular thing that m- just made me just uh, get up and snap up, but it started about two years ago and I, uh, I, I, was, I was asked to give a speech at my brother's wedding. You know, I was, I'm his only sibling, so I expected that. And I gave a speech and I just, it was very short, very sweet. And I was very surprised at how many people came up to me afterwards and said, that was the, that was the greatest speech I've ever heard. Like people like like the bartender and the photographer and strangers coming up to me. Saying, yeah, like people that not like your mother. Oh, you're so whatever. No. But if you felt, I feel like you felt the fact that you moved somebody. Yes. And that was almost like somebody tapping you on your shoulder saying, you know what? Yes. Your calling is this. Was, you were paying about, attention, yeah, I think. It was about two years ago. And so, and like, like my mom, my cousins, my husband, oh my God, that was great, honey. But I expected them to say, I think I told them to say that. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, please cheer please, me please. on. Because I was so nervous. And, yeah. you know, and so, then, but all these random people and people I didn't even know. Then they were t- buying me drink, getting me drinks and taking pictures with me. And this, these ladies took me in the photo booth and my picture ended up on my mom's fridge. And she's like, who are these ladies? I said, I have no idea, mom. <laughs> all these people were coming up to me and it felt so like it's just like a high to make this connection with all these people. I was able to connect a room and I was able to connect myself to the others and I was able to connect the room. And through just story words, te- just words I wrote. But through storytelling. It was. I was and it was your journey. It was my story with my, you know, growing up with my brother and just having a younger sibling and sort of, I kind of made it light, but I did um, weave in a little bit of this, the struggle that we had too. It was basically a single mom that we had. So I made it light. I made it, I kind of roasted him a bit. It was short. It was sweet. I didn't even swear once. Oh, because my mom gave me that look. I was you know, gonna and, say, like, and that's um, awesome. I, it was just. And then uh, someone in particular came up to me. He's like an uncle of mine, and he came up to me and he said, "Oh, he goes, that was such a great speech." He goes, "You know what? I never had any brothers or sisters, but you made me feel like I did," and that stayed with me. Uh, like the whole night, I felt like I was on a high, and it wasn't because I had fifteen, you know, Campari and sodas. <laughs> yeah, it, I really felt. Um, like powerful, like you can connect that and you can make someone feel so good just on what simple words I wrote. So it's really like, y- it seems like your passion is connecting to others and helping others mm-hmm. through the story of your inspiration. But I didn't mention half of what I went through. It was just me getting up there and just being myself and just yeah, talking. Well, I don't think you can do that in a wedding, but it seems like now we've connected through yeah. social media. Right. Like you said, we've talked what right. once or twice for five minutes or less this is the first time i've met you this i is know so crazy. which is but which yeah. is great because yeah. i mean number one our conversation is going to be extremely authentic that and i that's the way i like to do podcasts and interviews because awesome. i don't want you to know what i'm going to ask you i don't want you to be able to prepare your answer that's why i'm kind of nervous i was like oh okay. why I'm, but I'm you ready. know I'm but ready. you know about you so then, right so then I, I i did the speech and it was and i kind of sat on it and then my uncle said that comment and it stayed with me and uh 
and then uh, uh, almost a year later, he passed. He passed away. Okay? Oh, and in his funeral was, uh, it's just it was one of those things where um, I, j I felt so like grateful to be alive. And I, I shared this story with his family already, so I don't want people to think that I was at a funeral having fun. Yeah, no, but no. I just felt grateful to be alive. I felt the urgency that I had to stop wasting time because I'm I'm a cancer survivor. I've been I've been one since two thousand one. And I Congratulations. Oh, thank you. And we're going to get into your yeah. story, but I want to ask you one sure. quick thing. So I always obviously profile people that I've never met before. <laughs> and uh, a few words came to mind when uh, I spoke to you and sure. when I kind of heard some of your story. Mm -hmm. One was courageous. One was resilient. Thank you. And one was fearless. And I'm going to ask you a couple of questions and anything you don't want to answer, just say, you know what, I'll, we'll talk about it another time because I have a feeling you and I are going to be doing more than one of these awesome. together. Awesome. So I know you've got a super interesting long story. And since we're limited a little bit with time, I'm going to start out by just sort of saying, when I first came across your profile, you and I connected. Mm -hmm. We've never met before. Okay. We spoke twice for five minutes, I think. Kind of stalked you for a bit. <laughs> I'm like, she's either going to invite me or she's going to block me. Yeah, so and I would never do that, of <laughs> course. And I so appreciate the fact, sort of like you, that your story is resonating with other people and you and I connected. And so when I think about your story, I think about a woman that is fearless, that is inspirational, and that is driven. Mm. Would that sort of, it's would you funny. look at yourself like that? It's funny because I've been living in fear like my, almost my whole life, I've always been afraid of judgment. I've always been afraid of wondering what other people think. I, mean, I, I was afraid never. to come here. I was afraid to reach out to you. I was afraid to give. I was terrified to go up in front of all those people and talk. I'm not. But you're here. That's that's the thing. I'm, I. How did you get here? I don't know. I, I, divine intervention, I guess. I love I, that. I, I just feel like I. You, you say I'm fearless, but I feel fear all the time. I'm always feeling afraid. I'm always f afraid of what other people are going to say and what with you know the fear of judgment and that just goes to i don't know if it's my upbringing part that's part i of think it's part of your whole story but what i find incredible about you is that so many people are paralyzed by fear mm -hmm. so many of us and even you know it's funny it's a funny story about me i used to be the one who would skip school doing speeches i was terrified to speak in front of people and now this is what i'm doing for a living oh, oh yeah but you are the exact same. I think that's why our spirits are so connected Indeed. because you're actually talking about the fact that I was terrified to reach out to you. I was terrified yeah. to come here, but you're here. So what brought you here in one sentence or less? I wrote a chapter about getting over my survivor guilt as a cancer patient, and that just led to all these opportunities presenting themselves. So I think the story... It's not that I want to tell the story. I, it's like I have you to need, tell. I, need, I have to tell. People it. need to hear your story. I have to tell the story. For those of of our viewers that don't know what survivor guilt is, but what, uh, what well, do you? How can you describe it to somebody that doesn't have a clue or has never heard that uh, before? It's just you're, you're li you live in fear. So something terrifying or tra traumatic has happened to you. So for me, it was cancer. But I've had this conversation with heart attack patients or assault victims or. A stroke or you know people but your story I, i'm cancer patient so i just i'm in constant fear that my cancer will return and the guilt that i got a second chance and there's like hundreds of people that i know over the years that they have a loved one or they themselves didn't get a second chance so you feel 
very you just feel guilty like how why why am i here why did i get a second chance and this person didn't you know uh you, you almost feel like you don't deserve it so the guilt comes from something much deeper so you have to kind of go prior deeper. when you say uh deeper do you mean sort of your inner child something yes. that happened to you maybe when you were younger because i know there's also another story yeah. there yeah and then you get cancer you survive mm -hmm. and so you feel guilty because you still have that mindset of a five-year-old like i don't deserve to be here i don't deserve i don't deserve this happy you know what i mean like it's 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 a weird thing like you feel so grateful and then you you learn to feel uh, gratitude without seeming insensitive to, to, to other people's suffering because i would go out and i would run into an old friend i haven't seen in, in years hey what's new what's going on and they'd say oh my dad died and then i feel so bad because your dad died and i'm still here like sometimes i feel there's an unspoken resentment that i'm here and you or your loved one is not like their loved one's not so you almost have to feel like you have to justify that you're still alive and and let me prove to you why it was good that i lived because look see i went on i got married I had, I had kids and i became a teacher and you're you're constant talking to your mortality like you're always negotiating with it of to, to prove to prove that you made the good decision in keeping me here but like every but is this a self-talk is this a, this is it almost sounds like it's a narrative you tell yourself because I'm certain when people meet you, just like myself, mm -hmm. I meet you and I'm thinking, oh my God, this girl is a rock star. Look oh. what she's been through. Yeah. And she's standing and she wants to talk about it. And, you know, there's so many, what you became a mother, a teacher, a wife. Obviously, you have lots of friends and family that love and adore you. And you've gone through, you know, things that maybe one of the things you went through would have taken out somebody. But you're here and you're talking about it and you're using it to help others and to serve others. That's, that's the point. It's, it's you're living. To give it back and to make that connection with someone. If someone is, is going to listen to this or see this or read the chapter that I wrote that's coming out in a book that uh, I've, I've, I've uh, co-authored with a bunch of other writers, we each contributed a chapter. And it's basically we all talk about our story. Of and course. now this is, that was the fear we talked about before. I was afraid to put it on paper I'm going to have to put it out there. What are people going to say? What are people going to think? Because people also would describe me, if you had to ask people, how would you describe Natalie? They'd say, oh my gosh, she's so funny. So when you have that adjective attached to you, yes. people don't like it when you bring up dark, deep things. because Well, they look at you as kind of lighter and fluffy. And, and they assume that I know you're going to be great, but they don't know that, or they'd be surprised to know that every day for me, every day is, a, is an emotional roller coaster because... I'm always talking myself out of that narrative. There's always that voice in my head. Of that, course. That was their pre-cancer. It was their pre-cancer. But that sounds like that was childhood trauma. And if yes. we want to kind of talk about that for a few minutes, mm -hmm. I know that your upbringing, and you can say as much or as little as you'd like, okay. uh, has been difficult at best. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to keep going back to saying it sounds like, because I'm trying to pull out what your secret, you know, superpower is. It oh. sounds like you live in gratitude, which is what has gotten you through most of the days when you talk about why am I here? Why, why did I survive? And you, you're almost like questioning yourself, but then you're not only giving yourself the answer, you're acting on the answer, mm -hmm. which I find so incredibly amazing. Mm -hmm. So you want to talk a few minutes about your upbringing and sort of what you feel or what you're starting to learn about yourself and why, you know, that part of your life is a little bit tough? It is tough to talk about. Uh, I mean, I grew up in a working class neighborhood, immigrants, uh, parents, grandparents. So the whole neighborhood was 
immigrants, and I, I grew up with the immigrant mentality. Uh, you know, you work, and you just you save your money, that's it. But it was, it was an abusive house. Um, my father, which we are estranged, uh, he, he wasn't a, you know, a nice person, and my mom was abused. And it's hard for me to talk about it because I know my mom may or may not want to hear stuff, stuff about this, right? So that's the thing, too. When you tell your story, you have to be careful because other people will be affected. And I don't want to speak for them. Of course. Right? And since this is, you know, kind of your first interview, I'm not yeah. going to hit you too hard with it. But yeah. one word of advice that I can give is it is your story. And I'm always very respectful of people's privacy because you have right. to be. Right. However... Nobody can take your story away from you. I mean, you know, intimate details and things that would, you know, hurt your mother or hurt right, right. other people. Of course, you know, maybe have that conversation some other day. Yeah. But this is your steps and, your, you know, your obstacles, your struggles is what made you who you are today. And you are one incredible human being. You know, wear it proud. So... I feel like, you know, character and people, like you are not made through, you know, rainbows and unicorns. You are made through the obstacles and getting through the other side, even though I think you think you might think you're not through yeah. to the other side, but you are. You're just start. I feel like you're just starting this brand new journey that's going to be incredible. Yes, I hope so. I hope Absolutely. So. It, was, it was a tumultuous childhood, to say the least. And, you know, there was abuse, there was violence, and it was like that for a lot of people. That's just the way the immigrants upbringing was but for me it was worse I was I feel like I was targeted by uh, by him and his family and um, you know they were left to take care of me like I had some older cousins and they just said and did really mean horrible things to me and that voice it just sticks with you like even if I'm in a room with loving people like you're saying all these nice things to me I, f I still I hear that voice and I could I've accomplished all these things but I always feel like I have to quiet the voice quiet the voice and um, so that's why I think, too, even up to last year, I couldn't have been able to do this because I was still coming from a place of anger and resentment. Yes, you were saying that. Fear. Now it's just, I don't know what it was. It's just coming from a place of gratitude and just I feel very lucky that I could share the story. Do I think I'm better than anybody else? No. Have people had it worse than me? Of course. Possibly, of course. but of course. regardless, your story is that of such courage and such strength and so, I mean, I, I guess I go back to saying you have also openly spoke to me about some mental health mm -hmm. that you've struggled with. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about the PTSD? Well, the PTSD, I think, came from the cancer. I didn't know it, though. I didn't, I didn't even realize a it. A lot of people think I didn't even do that well, they I, I remember when, when, when I was uh, going through cancer treatments, if, uh, you know, if you're, when you're hooked up to the IV, sometimes they unplug it and it runs on a battery. When the battery dies, it starts to ding. So ding, ding, you know. And uh, like about a year later, I was on, on the bus. I was riding the TTC, and the lady was, uh, I don't know if they still have it anymore, the strings you pull and the, yeah. the thing. So the lady missed her stop. So she's ringing the bell to get the driver's attention. I hear ding, ding, ding. And I had to get off the bus. I was, I was going to, I threw up on Lawrence. I had to get off the bus. I, there's a, I, was, I was on my way home. I was like, I remember it was Lawrence. It was, there was a back, it backed onto the eleme an elementary school there. I remember I threw up on Lawrence Avenue between Dufferin and Caledonia. Because the sound of that bell took me what back, did it bring took for me you? back to the, the when I was in the chemo ward. And that bell would ring when the machine, the battery's low, and it's called a nurse, and then they bring me more chemo. I just, it took me back to when I was in that chemo ward. And I just, even now thinking about now, I'm getting, like, flustered. Because, I, I you know, it was like, it was such an unpleasant thing to 
both all those treaties. Of course. It was awful. Like it, There's nothing I could say that would say, oh, that's great. Now I say, oh, there was cancer is the best thing that ever happened to me. But at the time, it was horrible. It was awful. And that was key. We don't understand the message. I think when we're going through something like what you've gone through, uh, mm-hmm. and you don't really know why, it's kind of, yeah. I'm sure you've often thought, why me? There is always a message at the end. And whether this is your message about living in gratitude and sharing that with others, because my whole motto uh, about doing everything is if you affect one person or 10,000 people, who cares? It's that one person that you changed their life. They needed to hear what you had to say today and now. You don't have to be a celebrity. You don't have to be a superstar. You don't even need to be at the end of your journey. Because to me, it's, you know, I think Aerosmith says it the best, where life's a journey, not a destination, exactly. right? Exactly. And we're constantly going through that journey. And that's what I find interesting. Like, yeah. you're still very new in your journey, but you're really not. Like, yeah. I'm still know, a work in progress. And, and that's what I say everybody in the chapter. Is. As Who is in the chapter, I say, just side note, I'm still a work in progress. Just because I wrote this essay doesn't mean that I figured it all out and everything's great. Like, I'm no. still, if anything, I'm more nervous and more fearful because now it's all coming out. It's all coming to the surface. So... What um, are you afraid of? Just what pe- how people will react to what I wrote. Who cares what they say? What if they say... <laughs> I know, it's so much easier so said than done. It's I just, know, but I'm, what if they say... What if I say to you, okay, yeah, your story's great, but yeah, who cares? That's okay, because I, then it wasn't written for you. I love that. That's what I wanted to hear. It was written for me. Like I wrote it for myself. Because you'll I, have the haters. You'll have yeah, the people fine. that aren't thrilled and don't ever let what one person says or ten people say you know, smother who you are because who you are and the message you have is so important because it's also a message of hope. I, I, it, ho- I hope it, that it is. I hope that people... It is. And it doesn't, you don't have to be like a cancer survivor to, to understand it. Right? You're like, right. You know what I mean? Like a yes. Survivor guilt or just dealing with trauma or self-esteem issues and all that. Like that, I think everyone... Everybody has something. Whoever comes out right? and says, you know what? I'm good. I've done my therapy. I am rock star. There's nothing wrong. That's They're right. full of shit. And that's why I, I'm also trying to get people to understand is that you, we have to be nicer to people and approach each other with level with a, more of a level of compassion and empathy. And, and love. And love because you don't know what they're going through, what they've been. Every fucking person, I'm going to swear, <laughs> has gone through something or is going through something. And a lot of people percent. are living bullshit lives because they're trying to cover it or hide it for fear. For fear of what other people are going to say or for fear of... of or, you know, if you, if you claim it, then you have to own it. Then you, you make it real. So if you keep it hidden, then, it, then it's not real. But a lot of people are struggling. So you have to be nicer. You don't know what people are going through. A thousand percent. But and the problem is that, sorry, not to, now it's like, yeah. but when you start talking to people, it's like, well, who's had it worse? And that's why sometimes friendships don't fizzle out because if we always talk and you always try to, well, if you think you have it bad, well, listen, what am I supposed Keeping to say? Keeping score, if whether it it's work. in a friendship or, you know, kills most relationships exactly. uh, or marriages. And, yeah, you cannot keep score. To me, it's like I love hearing other people's story because sometimes, you know, if – you know, if you have to really think about, okay, are we keeping score? Are we doing this? Are we doing that? It's sort of, you miss the message. Exactly. You miss the story. You miss the courage. You miss uh, the things that, and the things that you used to get through that. And that's, you know, sort of what I'm trying to understand too is, was it your faith? What brought you through some of these really yeah, faith was, traumatic uh, experiences? And 
even and there's more like I have way more I didn't I know that's why I said this is going to be part (laughs) one out of a five-part series I got a whole podcast on every topic you want uh faith was uh I mean I grew up Catholic I grew up Christian yeah of course I got older and I lost it but I also grew into a very apathetic adult young adult I was very jaded very confused just very neither here nor there and then I got sick and now you know my mom my, my grandmother, all my neighbors, all these people started coming at me with the holy oil and this and that, and, um, and the prayers. And it did work. I do believe that faith, faith over fear is what, what carries you through. But these days, if you say faith, it kind of turns people off. They think you're, you're like this religious Right, but person. faith could be like spirituality. To, to me, me same. Is, yeah, faith is, is, is you, you, it doesn't necessarily mean religious sentiment. It could just mean you're a hopeful person. You, you look, you're very optimistic. You try to see the positive in a negative. It doesn't necessarily mean a theological subscription. And even if it does, Thous- it's okay. Yeah, a thousand percent. Okay. But who, who you consider, you know, your divine intervention, it. whether it's God, the universe, right. you know, your angels... You know, love I, and light. As long as it's a love and light energy, you 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 tap to that, and it will help you. It will help you. It your will, higher yeah. power is just that. Your higher power. People always ask me, you know, are you Catholic? Are you this? Are you that? I say the same. I you know, I'm Roman Catholic. Yes, that's how I was brought up. Right. However, I'm very spiritual. Exactly. You know, that's what I practice. I practice spirituality, yeah. and I think that that is the way, or that is your message as well. Is that, you know, it's fine if they came at you with the holy water and whatnot, but you still had a higher power, something higher than you and something higher than all of us. And then you have to surrender to that because, you know, you could try everything and do everything, but you're not really in control. You have to surrender to what will be, will be. And, you know. Which is so hard, especially in your position, right? Very hard. I was very young. And. uh, How old were you? I was 24. Wow. And I was, so I cried for all the things that, um, you know, you you cry for all the things that you're, like you you're not going to do anymore but then you get sad for the things that you might never get to do like I'm never I'm never gonna have kids I'm never gonna go to Europe I'm never gonna get married I'm never I'm never gonna have a whole like and all the bullshit stuff you told yourself it doesn't matter you're but and you're living today yes you've got the kids you've got the house you've got the I don't know about the trips but (laughs) it's funny because a lot of the stuff what people say is you know depression is thinking about yesterday anxiety comes from thinking about tomorrow it's really living in the moment and living in gratitude for, for the moment and for today because nobody's promised tomorrow nobody nobody and that's right? the thing so when you've like myself who's, who's had conversations with her mortality i still do i think um, we need to i think um, we need to have those right? conversations you're, you're, you're always like if i see you now i'll, al- I'll try to leave off the best way i can because it could be the last time i see you but people assume that it's this morbid way of like or like i'm always thinking of death and but it's not. It's actually opposite. I'm. I'm just like. I'm so happy to have met you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy we're talking. If if, you, if I can connect with other people and get this out, if someone's going through a shitty thing right now and they're like, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get through. How can I do it? You know, talk to. Come talk to me. I'll. I'll. I'll help. You know, because I need it too. It's not like I'm, hundred percent cured. I'm. I. I still well, not even cured. It's your. It's your journey. Like I don't know if you're thinking like there's. A lot of people think that there's got to be this epic, you know, parting of the skies, the, you know, the no. sun comes through. You know, there's going to be days like that, but you're going to have days that are, are struggles too. Yeah. And so I think that like what you're going through right now is that journey and mm-hmm. is that whole self-realization. And it's beautiful. You're doing it with grace. You're doing it with honoring your life. Yeah. And the gift I think we are all given is the gift of life. Yes. 
And you know how you talk about the whole, you know, whoever I see, um, if it's going to be the last time I see them, that is a very old school way of thinking. I was brought up the same way. And, you know, my parents are always like, you know, when you never go to bed angry and you never da 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 And I think it's a beautiful thing that they taught us. We don't have to say it. We can talk about it. We could teach it to our kids and our friends and anybody who will listen. But you don't have to live it. But I think it's great. I don't it's think really, it's. I, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't it's not think like, it's, it's not like every time as I say, hey, God bless you. I hope this. Like, it's not like I. I'm like but that it's instilled in you. It's in my head, and I, to I be wish. to be that great person. Yes. Don't you think? Maybe I'm not conscious of it, but I think I am. I, I think, think you I, are. Like I want. Like I wish well for you. I hope you. I hope you're well, and I hope whatever it was you're struggling with, I'm glad to see you're okay. Like I, if this is the last time we see each other, then then I hope that. We, we end up on a good way so that is our, our souls are at peace you know I love That's that just the way I, I kind of but people assume that you're like this morbid person always thinking of death and have people said that to you Maybe that's just what I'm assuming. Again, this is just your own voice in your head, which that's the yeah the. We the all voice have that voice, and it, half the time it's the voice it's you wrong. need to quiet. Yeah, yeah. shut up. Yeah, fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> fuck off now. My sentiments exactly, <laughs> but I think you've got that voice, and like you said, being you know brought up in a European, yeah. you know, kind of household, and you know having certain messaging given to you, and mm-hmm. the messaging wasn't always positive. It was really tough as a five-year-old, let alone as a 25, 45, or 55-year-old woman or man to quiet that voice that has been instilled in you. Mm-hmm. But you're, it sounds like you're doing the work. And the, th- the number one thing for me is that you're aware of that voice yes. and you're aware that that is not true, right? The whole fear thing, I always say false evidence appearing real. Yeah. And you're kind of like, okay, I hear you. I don't believe you. And I'm not even going to listen to you, so... And some days I do. Some days it, it gets to me. I <clears throat> it gets me down. I just can't get rid of it. And I just she's really strong, like very loud. And <clears throat> it takes a lot to, to to shut her up. But eventually she does shut up. And sometimes that takes you know you get into a funk like two three days even. You just can't get like you just stop it now. And so you're human. So you're saying you know. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> human, <laughs> so yeah, you're human. human. And I'm a woman. So we yeah. are all and I'm premenopausal. So like oh geez like that that is a <laughs> podcast like, all in its own, <laughs> honey. It's like my poor husband. He's, you know, I have three daughters, so he's, like, surrounded with women. And sometimes oh. he looks at me, and I'm like... It's probably your superhero, right? Because he's, well, we like... we were dating when we were... When I was sick, we were together. Oh, and wow. I, and I thought, you know, like, I'm, I'm just, like, forget it. Like, just move on. Like, you're going to, you know, if I'm... If they can't promise I'll be here in five years, and they're saying I'll never have kids, maybe. Why? Like, what are you doing? And, you know, he stayed. And then but that becomes another conversation years later. It's like... Because then, you know, we're married, so we fight, and, you know... People Everybody do. does. And it's like, well, are we together because, you know, we feel like this obligation, like, because I was sick and you didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to leave you because you were with me when I was sick. Like, what does he say? He goes, no, no. He goes, you were you were fine when, when you got married. You were already okay. He goes, uh, no. He, I don't think he thinks that at all. But, again, this is my voice because I was, you know, I was told as a kid, like, no one's ever going to want to be with you. No one's ever going to want to marry you. You, if someone comes along, uh, you should be grateful. Watch out. They can always do better. These are the these are the things people the messaging. Told me. But they you told got. me. They told me from a very young age, and I I believed it. I believed it. And whenever I tried to talk back, because I was a chatty kid for at the beginning. So when I did talk back, or when I did, you know, say, blurt something out, I was immediately shut down and reprimanded. And and see see look how rude you are, and you're so like, you're so silly, and you're like you're you're just not that special, and you're so stupid. These are the things that were told to me. Yeah. So you believe it. And if there's no one else around to to say, no, that's not true, or to voice for you, 
because the kid doesn't know. Maybe that's why I became a teacher, because I can spot the kid that doesn't have that cheerleader, and I gravitate to them, especially the, like the troublemakers or the ones that are the weird or the oddballs. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that need the most support. support. Absolutely. Reason, right? So I think maybe that's why I became a teacher. And, I, and every time I get a class and they say, oh, watch out for this kid, watch out for this kid. And you're he's, like, I'll take, that. I'll take them. And then I meet them, and they, we end up having this great relationship. Well, how, how what is grade that? do you teach? Well, now I'm doing a like a reading program, but I've done uh, toddler, I've done uh, elementary, high school. I like the Everything. elementary grades, but like last like a couple years ago, I, I I did French. Don't ask me how I got into teaching French. I was gonna say Don't ask French. Me. Okay, and I'm not speaking French for this interview. So <laughs> if you have Quebec or oh, mm. I shouldn't say that. Yeah, no, no, no. Okay, but, um, okay. but like I just I. This is one girl. She was oh, she's she's trouble, and we were fine. Like I never had a problem with her. Like because you just you connect. You connect with her. She's struggling. She's not giving you a hard time. She's having a hard time, and there's a reason. You don't. Know there's what a these reason. Kids are go- you don't they're know what acting these kids out are going through at home, especially after the last couple of years. These kids are, are are messed up. Like I tell people now all the time. I think the real pandemic is coming because you've got a generation of kids now that have not learned proper self-regulation skills their emotional intelligence is very low they don't social know how to s- socially they don't know how to sit in chairs yeah, oh, no. but yeah they're right they're, it's digital constant they don't know how to make eye contact there's no empathy there's no human connection so i say to people i think the real pandemic is going to come in a couple years because we're going to when you see these right? kids that have i see it now and so many teachers are just burnt out and i know teachers get a bad rap but we've been through a lot oh. the last couple of years because you know what we're yeah. almost like we're like parents, we're therapists, especially the last couple of years. These kids have no sense of direction. So we're almost like trying to just keep them calm, like you're fine, you're okay. Uh, so many teachers I know are burnt out. They're exiting the profession. Yeah. There's actually a teacher shortage now because nobody wants to do it. At, whereas before, there was yeah. an abundance of That's teachers. That's why I take French because I couldn't get in my foot in the door. So someone said, take French and you'll get a job. And, <laughs> and then sure enough, there you go. <laughs> right. But you're I, so what you're saying to me though too, and, you know, same with what I did with private investigation. Mm-hmm. Teaching is just a conduit of you helping others. Exactly. And it could have been the younger inner child of you. And so you're wanting to affect that change into somebody else that never had it because you didn't. How beautiful is that on a scale of 1 to 10? I mean, crazy. Well, thank you for that. And uh, I, I hope, I hope. I mean, I don't... I don't even maybe realize I'm doing that. Sometimes in the conversations, even if I'm talking to a parent, I'm trying to impart on them what you like, what I would have wanted to hear as a kid. So maybe this is how you should approach your child when you get home tonight. It's yeah. more for the parent too. Um, oh, educating them for sure. Oh, like sometimes, like teachers have to be taught how to teach, and sometimes parents need to be taught how to parent. Like you need a license to teach. I think you need a license to be <laughs> parent sometimes. Yep. Because you know it's not an easy. It doesn't just come natural. Well, it doesn't come natural, and there's a lot of outside influences. You know, the business that I'm in, and family law is, you know, turbulent at best. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times it does get taken out on the kids. Depending on what mom and dad are going through, Mm -hmm. uh, it does trickle down. It's a trickle-down effect. And I'd love to say everybody does it 100%, but they don't. And, you know, then, like you said, then you've got the teachers that are, or the therapists or the doctors or the whomever uh, that are left to deal with somebody that they consider a problem child or rambunctious or whatever. I don't know the proper terminology that teachers use these days, but uh, really all they're needing is help or guidance, right? They just want someone to, to make them feel safe. 
make them feel good, make to make them feel seen. That's all they want. And they'll, they'll act out in all these crazy, strange ways. They just want, you know, you to see them and acknowledge them and to say, hey, you know, how, how are you? You good? Okay. Like, that's it. That's all they want. It's so, it's so simple. And uh, we make it complicated with all these, like, interventions and all these workshops and, and I sit through and diagnosis yeah, and all and these forms and all this paper acronyms of what what they and are and what, what they're do, not what should we do and there's like, there's, you could be in a boardroom with like five six seven people and I just sit there I'm like I think he just wants, he just wants a hug like it's so simple yeah that's all he wants and and, and some boundaries some structure you know some he wants to feel safe and See, for me, ironically, school was a great place. I, I loved going to school. School was like a refuge. Well, I was just going to say, it must have been, uh, mm-hmm. and I know for most kids, just you know, going through the school system with four of my own, for many kids, sadly, it is. Mm-hmm. It, it's a place where they can you know, get, get a meal in the morning. Mm-hmm. They get breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get away from abuse. Yeah. They get respected sometimes most of the time hopefully they have friends they can learn they can be themselves they get to exhale but then to go home to it just was their family situation boundaries there was structure there was you know it was just like a safe place for me i mean yeah all that schoolyard stuff did take place and all that drama and all that but but for, for, for the most part it was i liked going i liked i felt comfortable i had a lot of friends it was the same group all the way through elementary and then i Many friends we carried on through the high school. Many I still talk to today. So I love that, right? Yeah. So it's just I feel I, school was 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 a good place for me. So I love that. And yeah. so as well, we I hope to make that for someone else. I think you've already made it for many kids. Oh, thank you. Oh, absolutely. How long have you been a teacher? I officially graduated 2014. Wow. But I was working with kids before that. Of course. So I know that you've affected many lives in a positive way, kids I and hope. parents. I hope. So as we wrap up, I've got two two last questions for you. Mm-hmm. What is next? That's a good question. Um, Isn't it interesting to find out what's behind door number two? I don't know. I like door number one so far. Uh, uh, well, I've written this uh, essay, like a chapter. It's part of a collective series. It's coming yep. out July. Wonderful. Now that's opened up a valve to more writing projects that I want to do. Maybe more opportunities like this where I could just speak. So telling your story is kind of what I hear. Yeah, telling the story, just sharing the story, just making more human connections. Inspiring others through storytelling. storytelling. And storytelling has been around forever. So That's my whole point. I mean, prior to internet and phones and TV and radio, Mm -hmm. how did people learn around a campfire or, you know, in in their home? with their elders and with their siblings and they would storytell about back in the day you know and that's how they learned and how ironic that everything you know old is new again because i think telling stories is so important so i gave you three words that i thought described you best what three words do you think describe you best oh geez okay um i would say like right now how i describe myself right now Uh, yeah Absolutely. I still feel, I still am fearful. I still am afraid. Not as much, but almost like excited though. It's not okay, like a scary so fear. It's like an excited fear. Fair enough. Um, uh, gosh, just hopeful. I love that. Hopeful and just, just grateful. And authentic. I forgot to use that one. Authentic. You're so real. Like there's nothing that you kind of don't say. And what you see is what you get. Like, yeah. like I'll fuck, I'll swear. You said, when you call me, like, you're like, oh, because my mother's like, you know, for a teacher, you shouldn't swear. <laughs> And I'm like, hi. Like, and so <laughs> yeah, poo-poo just doesn't cut it some of the time. And, and yeah. That's why I like the masks get- for a while because we, we had to wear the masks in, in, the, in the classroom. And like 
sometimes the kids would he would pinch himself a million times and miss what are we doing i'm like oh for fuck's sake you're yeah <laughs> i said it hard, but i had the math so nobody knew nobody knew and I was yeah. like, i'm like okay well now it's like oh yeah, um, and in your in your brain, you're like, <laughs> yeah, oh, and I think there's a place and time for it. But I mean, sure. I never, you know, come out of the gate, you know, swearing. But it it just it it happens, and I I you never want to offend anybody, of oh, course. No. But like I said, it just poo poo. Oh, just sometimes you're an asshole. That doesn't just, cut it. You know, he's being he's being really rude. No, he's being a fucking asshole. That's yeah. that's how you describe him. <laughs> Say it <laughs> the way it is. You know, authentic you. Authentic. That's what you see is what you get. And some days I'm not in a good mood. And I'll I'll say this and maybe we'll catch up tomorrow. I'm just not feeling it. I, I don't want to you know I don't want to pretend to be something in, in front of just because for the sake of I'll, if and if I'm feeling shit I'll say listen I'm feeling really shit today, uh, and we talk about it. And you know authentic is a good word I think. I um, think so too. And how beautiful that you're basically a mirror for your three girls. I We're gonna to have three amazing young ladies coming up into I try our to be that's that's the thing also when you become a parent now the you know what kind of world are they going to be left with uh, how do I want them to be you know and well that's it leave you, to me my legacy is my kids you know I've, I I'm sure well you could ask them now because they're between you know the the fun stages but uh, you know they'll tell you all the things I've done wrong but you know I'm gonna make mistakes I screw up I own it mm -hmm. to my kids a lot of I don't know about your parents my parents to this day would never I mean my dad's no longer with us but they'll never really admit when they're wrong and fair enough right. uh, but I, I kind of own my mistakes and I'll say look you didn't come with a handbook or they lost it on the way yeah. out right yeah. um, but I think that you're the same way where you'll just be that authentic person and say listen I screwed up or you know this is why I'm being the way I am yeah. and just being that woman is I mean, they're going to mirror what you're doing. 